Thank you for tuning in to Aletheia Bible Fellowship. Uh, today's sermon, we're going to talk more about the lust of the senses, specifically music, and what li- uh, music is it that you listen to um, that would bring glory to God. Uh, hopefully, uh, this is uh, something that you're interested in, and we pray that you would uh, find this to, to be edifying and, and uplifting. Uh, if you have any more questions or would like more information about some of the stuff or topics that come up, definitely you can check it out at uh, abfpdx.org. Good morning. Good morning. All right, let's uh, take opportunity now to uh, continue with our discussion on music that we started last week. Uh, You remember last week I started talking about the importance of music in our lives and how it affects us uh, both both mind, body, and, and spirit, right? Uh, music is a form of communication that uh, supersedes all nationalities, it supersedes uh, all you know, ethnic divides uh, and languages, uh, and it affects every single part of the brain that we've mapped out. Uh, we can see with modern technology how when we're listening to music, the, the brain is firing on all it's, uh, it's all active. Uh, we can also see when we're making music, specifically how it affects the brain and what's uh, suppressed and how uh, what is uh, what brought to the forefront. Uh, so continuing on our discussion of music, I want to talk about how it is that we can listen to music and bring glory to God. Because um, music, with all of its glory that we're talking about here, first and foremost, primarily, is that it is a gift from God. God created us to be musical beings. Now, that doesn't mean that if I start uh, singing a song here, you're going to find it, uh, you know, greatly pleasing to your ear. Don't get me wrong. However, if I were to pull out my clarinet uh, after a few squawks, because let's be honest, it's been a good, what, six, seven years since I've played it, but uh, once... Uh, once I start playing the, the, the melodies, and, uh, you know, I, that, that's something that I've been given skill, a skill that I don't practice, honestly, uh, enough, and I really should. Uh, but music uh, is, is uh, just a powerful thing that sways us, that moves us, that compels us. Uh, it's, uh, it has the possibility to be a very constructive force for us. Consequently, it also has the power to be very destructive for us as well. Uh, so as we look at those uh, different aspects of music and we apply it to our life, uh, we have to question what it is that we're listening to and why it is uh, that we're listening to a, a particular uh, style of music or that uh, type of thing. Uh, since music connects on a level that nothing else does, it affects us in a way that nothing else is, right? Uh, how many times, uh, I don't know if you've experienced this, uh, I'll be in a particular mood. Um, you know, sometimes I, I, you know, I just feel the, the need to to sit down and listen to some calm, relaxing music. And I just let the music wash over me as I let all of my cares and worries flow to the side. Now, for you, that may be a different type of music than what I'm thinking of. 
Because you're probably thinking, oh, well, James is talking about calm music. Well, he's obviously talking about like some Mozart or you know, uh, some, uh, some Bach, right? Uh, when I'm talking about relaxing music for me, this is going to sound weird. I pull out the techno bass. You know, the kind that they used to bump all the time in the 80s and 90s in the cars. The ones that go boom. No ref? No ref? Okay. No. I got two people maybe that know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Uh, but it's, uh, it's bass heavy. I mean, so heavy with the bass that you can feel your entire body moving with the force of this bass. And if you have the proper setup for it, which of course I did at one point in time, uh, I could I could literally set that up and have it playing on a timer, of course, as I went to sleep. And the bass would gently rock me. But for everybody, they're going to have that different uh, a different style that does that. Now, mind you, in addition to listening to something weird like techno bass and getting rocked gently to sleep, uh, or you know, using it to to relax uh, like that, I do listen to the classics. Right, I was trained to play even some of the classics on uh, woodwind, obviously not string, but still, uh, there. There's just such a wide variety of things, and different types of music speak to different people, different eras produce different type of music. Different cultures produce different type of music. So uh, there is no way I can stand up here and I can tell you, well, this type of music is the only music that you should be listening to. It's the only style. Uh, it's uh, the only origin. It's uh, the only example that would be appropriate for you to listen to to bring glory to God. Because quite honestly, there, there's a, a danger that comes with that. We have the danger of becoming uh, overly, shall we say, uh, pharisaical. Uh, overly uh, strict in what we feel is appropriate uh, to bring glory to God. And the truth is that music of all styles brings glory to God. Music of all styles has the possibility to be uplifted and to sing praises to His name. It doesn't have to be just the music that we understand or experience in America. In fact, most of, of the American music that we would call uh, praise and worship music did not originate in America. So all different styles, all different nationalities, instead of scrubbing their heritage, their traditions, scrubbing the, the musical complexities that come together those should be used to, to embrace that creativity, to boost that creativity. It should be used to, to lift up in their own styles and traditions who God is and bring glory to Him. And we all have the possibility of being able to hear that across all cultures. To put it another way, and maybe the most simplistic, and some of you may scoff, but yes, even K-pop may bring glory to God. I know, that sounds weird. It's possible. Even rap music can bring glory to God. Right? And even 
country music to bring glory to God. Now you see how some of you are divided with some of these statements, right? Believe it or not, that is perfectly fine. You can each have your own opinion on different styles of music. But there is one thing that we can all agree on. There are certain styles of music that bring us all together uh, for the worship and glory of God. <laughs> for Pastor Monty, specifically the Gator Vocal Man. Now, <clears throat> since music connects us on that level, uh, but because we also know that it's very private for us, we all have our different styles, uh, what is the criteria we can look at? The first thing, of course, if you remember from last week, we talked about uh, music being a tool for teaching, right? Theology, uh, you know, what have you. Knowledge of God is woven throughout uh, inspired songs, uh, such as the Psalms. Last week, we mentioned, uh, Paul talks about it in, uh, say, uh, Colossians 3.16. We explored that last week when we said, Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your hearts and lives. Teach and counsel each other with all wisdom he gives. Sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. We also see that followed up in Ephesians 5, starting in verse 15. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, and make music to the Lord in your hearts, and give thanks for everything. God the Father, through the name of Jesus Christ. So music is powerful tool that can be used to praise and teach. Music trains us the practice of remembering who God is. It, uh, you know, it helps to uh, remember those things, right? Uh, during uh, last week, I talked about like learning the books in the Bible through song and that type of thing. In fact, on Tuesday during Bible study, I heard uh, Mr. Parker there singing to find the proper book of the Bible that we were referencing. Whether he did that on purpose or just extemporaneous, I, I don't know, but it's, it's there, right? All of these tools should be used for that. Obviously, when we're teaching things like that, when we're uh, sharing what God has done, those definitely bring glory to God uh, when we listen to those things. We sing along. Psalms uh, 105 Psalms 105 verse 2 says, Sing to him, sing praises to him, and tell of all his wonderful acts. So we have two uh, you know, different types of examples here. We're supposed to sing in remembrance, uh, in education, and we're supposed to uh, sing of all his wonderful acts. So we're supposed to sing out praise to him, and we practice some of that on Sunday mornings, right? Uh, we listen to songs like, you know, Amazing Grace. Um, and we, uh, we sing together in unison to make a beautiful noise. The question is, you know, is this the only time that we listen to those types of songs? Is that the only time that we include in our uh, playlists an opportunity to sing praises? Or you, while you're driving down the road, are you singing Amazing Grace? I know the passengers in my car are. Because I'm driving Amazing Grace. 
No? That felt fine. Hey, they can't all that, okay? I'm not a professional. All right, so what is it that we should be listening to? What is it as a follower of Christ uh, that, what, what, is, what kind of music should I be listening to? Should I only be listening to Amazing Grace? Uh, should I only be listening to, uh, what, what's a, uh, you know, it's a good song. It's a good uh, old rugged cross, right? Should I, should I have in my, my playlist as I'm walking down the street, should I be listening to old rugged cross? Uh, is it okay for me to uh, to listen to contemporary Christian music? Is it okay for me to listen to secular music? You know, hey, one of my favorite uh, bands of all time is Queen. Is it okay for me to listen to Queen? I feel like I should be doing a promo like this and more coming up on our show next week. But we're going to talk about it right now instead. So as we live in this age of gluttony of music, right, we have all of this music that's available to us. It's available in a moment. Many of us uh, carry around devices that are attached to the interwebs. And through those and various apps, we can pull up almost any song that we want in an instant. Depending on our, our data plan. Uh, but we, we have pretty good access to those types of things. Uh, so, you know, we can listen to just about anything that we want and won't notice. This is a big, big deal. There are, uh, there's a lot of fighting within the churches. In fact, uh, a leading cause of congregational infighting and even possibly splits uh, unfortunately, you know, to our shame, has to do with what type of even worship music that's used, right? Uh, do I sing just the old hymns? Do I have the classic hymnal books that I pull out, or do I pull out, uh, you know, some, uh, you know, some third day song, right? Uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman, uh, Amy Grant, right? Do I pull out some of those songs in, during my worship? Uh, there are believers who will leave the church if their particular brand of musical taste is not satisfied. In fact, studies have shown that churches, uh, you know, churches that have music ministers specifically, or you know, equivalent of worship leaders for us, are some of the most stressed people in the Christian ministry, which is kind of kind of sad when you think about it. Someone who's Soul attacks that has been placed before them by God, which is to join together in congregation, singing and worship, being so stressed out over because of different styles and various opinions. Since musical tastes are so varied across uh, churches and members themselves, um, this could create a huge divide. You can even hear pastors bragging about, hey, you won't hear any of that contemporary Christian stuff in my congregation. Just the good old hymns. Now, the one thing that they fail to recognize is what contemporary actually means. Contemporary Christian music just means music that is occurring at the present. So it would be music in the style of the present, right? So that means that at some point in time, 
the hymns were contemporary music. And there was probably some pastor saying, oh, I'm not having any of those contemporary music, Christian music being played in my church. We're singing everything in Latin. And in fact, it was. Until Martin Luther comes along during the Reformation period. There's really a, one question that should come up when you're talking about worship music in particular. Is uh, does this piece of music um, edify believers while bringing honor and glory to Christ Jesus? So you get past the style, you get past the instrumentation that's used. Uh, is there a place for an electric guitar in the worship service? Is there a place for drums? Well, I certainly hope so. Because we just had that. Or should it only be piano that's played? Or an organ? You ever heard the sound of a true pipe organ? It's amazing. I think we should retrofit. No? Okay. So does this piece of music edify believers while bringing honor and glory to Jesus Christ? All musical instruments are in and of themselves neither good nor bad. So yes, even Josh playing the kazoo can bring glory to God. In fact, he will tell you repeatedly if you ask him. I don't know what that was, but that was good. Right. So the difference um, that really uh, comes to... It, it doesn't matter. If you're playing electric guitar, it doesn't matter if you're playing the drums, it doesn't matter if you have the pipe organ or the piano. The true question is not the instrumentation. The true question is what is the contents of the songs. Now, I will be the first to tell you that some of the contemporary Christian music songs that you hear today, uh, you know, we have the possibility of listening to, you know, I have satellite radio uh, like uh, Pastor Monty does. So I can tune in specifically to a contemporary Christian music station. And I can listen all day, and quite honestly, you know, I'm not going to get some real deep theology on most of those songs. But does it still bring some glory and honor to God, even though it may not be packed full of, uh, you know, theology? Most people are not theologians and, um, you know, haven't gotten to that point where everything, you know, speaks to them in that specific way. And that's fine. We understand that people in their journey through their walk are at different stages and um, different levels of maturity. And not every single song has to speak of every single aspect of God. So there is not, uh, you know, there is not a, a song, as long as it is theologically sound, even though it may be simple, that I would say, no, that you shouldn't be listening to that. Um, in fact, you know, I would ask you to embrace that variety of music. One of the worst things that you can do in regards to music is to cut yourself off from some of these avenues of it. Uh, I praise God that in my upbringing, I, I got a wide breadth of, of music. That's why I'm able to tell you up here about my bad choices with uh, techno. Right? 
That's why I'm able to tell you about my favorite artist being Queen. That's why I'm able to, to talk about rap. That's, uh, I can even talk about country. I don't, you know, I don't like a lot of the most current country. I like some of the, the, the older country, you know, but I, I can still listen to it. I used to say that the only music that I never liked, uh, didn't like, was opera. And then I saw Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. Right? <clears throat> then I listened to Queen's album, Night of the Opera. No, it's... But, but opera is, is, is beautiful as well. I haven't actually seen other operas, and I'm, I was just making a point there. So, uh, it is, it is a shame to cut yourself off from those different types of vehicles because music is, is just beautiful. It, it has the, the possibility of speaking to you on such a deep level. Uh, I, I've listened to you know, uh, traditional Japanese music, uh, which is, some of you may go, oh, an interesting choice, right? Well, I was very heavily involved in Japanese studies when I was in high school. Not only was I taking language classes, but I was the teacher's assistant in that. I was creating quizzes uh, in, in, in Japanese. I went to many cultural expeditions, uh, traditional tea ceremonies, and music, and, uh, you know, dress. I never got dressed up, but other people did. I did design the logo for my Japanese club, though. So, you know, I got that going. I've listened to, uh, you know, just a wide variety of, of music, and every single bit of it has, has just increased uh, the beauty that, uh, that we have all around us. So I would say don't cut yourself off just because of instrumentation or, uh, you know, a specific aspect that you, you don't like. Um, I think that if you listen hard, uh, even like uh, mariachi bands, they have a, just a specific, you know, Umpa style on it, right? It just kind of gets you going a little bit, right? So there's so many varieties. Don't, uh, you know, cut yourself off because of uh, instrumentation, because that really should not be a factor. So another factor we looked at is what about the artist? Who's singing it? I mean, I've mentioned several times at this point who one of my favorite groups is, and we look at the lead singer of the group. Um, I would not uh, in any way uh, endorse uh, Freddie Mercury's lifestyle. That's it's not an appropriate lifestyle for uh, a Christian, for sure. You know? So does it matter if the artist themselves is a Christian or not? Should we listen to music from non-Christian artists? Uh, Francis Schaeffer, in his book, Art and the Bible, posits this. There are four kinds of people in the realm of art. We all agree that music includes, is included in the realm of art. First is the born-again man who writes or paints within a Christian total or worldview. Second is the non-Christian who expresses his own non-Christian worldview. Third is the man who is personally a non-Christian, but nevertheless writes or paints on the basis of of a Christian consensus by which he has been influenced. And fourth is the born-again Christian who does not understand their total Christian worldview and what it should be and therefore produces art which embodies a non-Christian worldview. 
So in that, we see that there is the possibility even for a non-Christian to uh, produce something that is uh, influenced by a Christian consensus. Now, if you doubt that to be true, I would take you back to the founding of our country, and I would ask you about Benjamin Franklin or Thomas Jefferson. Based on their actions and what they've said, would not say that they are Christians. Nonetheless, they produce something that has a Christian framework because they were producing it out of the Christian consensus of Samuel Rutherford's Lex Reps. So from this Christian framework, Jefferson and Franklin uh, able, are able to posit a worldview that says that uh, we have um, inalienable rights. So even though they may not fully understand it, they still can produce works in that regard. As a Christian, we know that a work of art has value. And we know that a work of art has value because we ourselves are work of art. Each day of creation, God stopped and he looked at what he has created. And I think you would agree that as we look at the sun, the moon, and the stars, and we look at the planet Earth and all the planets, we look at the vegetation and see the animals that are here, the, the sea, the, the land, we can see that there is art that is there. In fact, many of our reproductions of those things are considered art. But of course, God created from nothing. We create from what has already been created. So first, because a work of art is a work of creativity, creativity has value because God himself is a creator. We are made in the image of God. We must begin to look at how we evaluate the artwork of music. Uh, we are called, of course, to be sober in thinking, and we can see that it is a folly to make blanket statements and rules, such as you should not listen to this type of music altogether. So we should be thinking about what it is what you're listening to and applying that sober judgment, right? right? Also, according to uh, Francis Schaeffer, there are uh, four basic standards that you would use to evaluate art. Uh, there's the technical excellence, the validity, the intellectual content, which would include like the worldview that comes through, and the integrity or content of the vehicle. So technical excellence. How well does the musician use the instrumentation and voice to produce their art? By looking at the use of the tools and what they actually produce, the use of sound, tone, pitch, recognizing the technical excellence that is there, uh, that aspect, we're often able to say, while we may not agree with the artist's worldview, nonetheless, they're great artists. They paint beautifully through sound and music. How many of you would say that the, uh, the Beatles are not artists and music? How many of you would say that Karen Garber is not an artist? The technicality in the, her three octave uh, contralto vocal range, beautiful what can be produced. Or of course, even Queen. That's like the fourth time I've mentioned them, right? How many of you have sang along in the car to Bohemian Rhapsody? Right? Think of the harmonies that are present there. 
who can look at that and say on a technical aspect, that's garbage. Personally, I would call them a fool. You can insert the great composition that you want to into that, and you can look to see how they use their tools, how proficiently and how beautiful the work is that they put together. You don't have to agree with their worldview to appreciate what has been created. On validity, Schaefer says, by validity, it's whether an artist is honest with himself and his worldview, or whether he makes his art only for money or the sake of being accepted. Basically, what we would say is, is the artist true to their craft? Is someone just spewing out garbage that will appeal specifically to the masses? Do, do they actually have validity? If you're going to evaluate art, right? Is this someone that just gives everybody exactly what they're trying? Are they trying to appeal to a specific critic? So you only get for what, uh, what a specific person likes that would bring validity to it. And the third criteria, of course, is worldview. And this is the one that we particularly need to pay attention to. So what is the worldview? How does the music you listen to stand up to your Christian worldview? Any music produced will communicate in some way the worldview of the person who is created. It is possible to have a non-Christian produce works that speak to the Christian worldview, as we discussed previously, right? There are secularists that have produced a song or even covered songs that are specifically saturated with the Christian worldview. There are even artists that created works from a Christian worldview and then they changed their worldview. Uh, when I was younger, it was a big deal, for instance, and I mentioned here before when uh, Amy Grant turned into a secular artist. In addition to that, she also made some choices in her life, you know, having a, an affair with, uh, while she was married with another married man. Um, does this mean that I can no longer sing her version of El Shaddai? I love El Shaddai. I can't pronounce half of the words half of the time. But I would be daft to not appreciate what the song is. So I would tell you that just because someone's worldview, uh, someone who you would not necessarily want to support in their choices, it doesn't mean that you should cut yourself off from their songs. So yes, I do listen to Queen regularly. I sing their songs regularly. And yes, I sing El Shaddai. Badly, but I sing it. If I find myself uh, listening to music that specifically contradicts my worldview, then we have an issue. Uh, with that said, there's a great score of music that's available on the secular level that causes absolutely no issue with my Christianity. There are some beautiful songs that talk about love. There are beautiful songs that talk about the beauty of creation. There are beautiful songs that talk about peace, even. <coughs> there are things that bring into mind some small portion, even if ill-informed, of Christianity and that worldview into it. 
But I need to be sober, and I need to be thinking, and I need to be listening to what the song is telling me. Is it appropriate for me to listen to merely have the sound go? What happens if I listen to a song and I don't pay attention to what the words are at all? Well, because music is such a powerful tool that speaks to every part of my brain, whether I am consciously registering what those words are saying or not, my brain is taking note of those words. And yes, it can affect the way that you begin to think. It can affect the way that you begin to act. If I continuously listen to uh, songs by Muse or Imagine Dragons, I can feel that spirit of rebellion come up in me, and I don't know where it's coming from, but I just want to rebel! That's not appropriate. The Bible tells me that God put into place those people who are in authority. It doesn't tell me that I'm supposed to rebel against them. But trust me, if you listen to enough songs by Muse, you'll feel that start to rise up in you. Rise up is one of their songs, in case you missed that. So it's not appropriate to not pay attention to what is being said. In fact, you need to be critically thinking of any music that you will be listening to. Only by truly paying attention to it and listening to what is being said and how things are brought together can you know for sure that you're listening to something that's going to uh, influence your moods and send you in the proper direction for things. So, yeah, I'll admit, you know, I've had times where I'm down, I'm depressed, where I'm, I'm, you know, just numb. And when I'm at that stage, I listen to Lincoln Park. Because it speaks exactly to that type of atmosphere, right? But if I want to be uplifted, if I want to think about the glory of the world and creation, I'm going to be listening about what a wonderful world it is. See, song affects our roots so much, we would be remiss if we didn't pay attention to what's going on with the artistry and paying attention to the worldview. So being aware and sober and paying attention. Of course, then, the fourth criteria is judging the work of art involves uh, how well the artist has suited the vehicle to the message. Uh, so the artworks that are truly great, there's a correlation between style and content. Uh, the greatest art fits the vehicle and is used uh, to the worldview that's being presented to it. Um, so, for example, uh, in... Again, listen to a lot of different type of music. I have heard some gospel songs uh, turned into uh, electronic dance music. And, uh, yeah, that's a bad choice, okay? It's a really, really bad choice. Uh, the, the vehicle doesn't fit it's literally just people throwing in phrases from old hymnals with the, uh, an electronic beat behind it. And then 
sometimes just you know on repeat or it's just you can tell that there's a mismatch it, it doesn't make any sense so music uh, like any art should be appreciated as a gift from God and should be evaluated uh, to see if it matches up uh, with your worldview uh, but it also should be uh, studied to see how it is you know technically uh, or how it is stylistically uh, how is the tools that have been given used by the artist it should be appreciated as a gift from God um, so then we get on to a style right um, does the style of music matter I'm not going to spend a long time on this yes rap music can be worship music okay uh, you may disagree and that's fine that's your opinion but I personally have heard some great worship music from rap artists. Now I'm not talking like you know NWA or you know Tupac or what have you. I've also heard some really bad rap music, so I'm not saying that it's a blanket statement. Remember, all things you're studying each and every instance. So think about these things when you listen to music. Is this music, this work of art, good on a technical level? Uh, what is the worldview that this song is representing? What is it actually saying to me? Um, is the worldview at odds with my Christian worldview? Does this music cause me to stumble? And by stumble, I mean, does it lead me into sin? And then the last question that I would say that you need to ask yourself does this music cause other people to stumble? Again, remember, we're in fellowship with each other. This doesn't mean that I'm going to stop listening to music because you don't like the style of music I listen to. This means I would refrain from listening to music that I like because it causes you to be led into sin. These are things that we all need to be thinking about. Does it matter if the artist is Christian? Does it matter if the, the artist was a Christian or has fallen away? Does it matter if sin has crept into their lives? Does that mean that all the art that they have produced has been tainted by that sin? I say the art stands by itself. Each piece would need to be evaluated. This is why I still badly sing El Shaddai. I say that you should be enjoying what it is that you're listening to. You should be recognizing the beauty, the creativity of what it is that you're listening to. You should be exploring all the different avenues of music that are available. In fact, I bet most of us haven't really spent time listening to just some of the wide varieties that come out of some of the different nations. I mean, you probably listen to British music and American music primarily. And that's not bad, but you should expand your horizons a little bit. There is beautiful music that is made by every nationality. So evaluate what it is that you're listening to. Give thought to the music that influences you and bring glory to God. Recognize the influence the music can have over you. Don't take for granted the message in the song, regardless of how catchy the tune is. You need to be sober and thinking about what it is that it's saying to you. 
Enjoy and pray for the artist who is creating your favorite music that they may come to a full knowledge of the power of their gift through the vehicle of Jesus Christ. Have you prayed for your favorite artist? Just as we believe that we are gifted with spiritual gifts and uh, those tendencies are innocent, chaotic, and not put into proper perspective and not focused, their gift is as well. Do not neglect music of praise for music of enjoyment. Is your playlist filled with stuff that's just entertaining to you? Or is just fun for you? Or do you include in your playlist songs of praise and worship? Music is used for a variety of purposes. Do not only use it for one. If the only time that you are specifically singing songs to praise the name of Jesus is on Sunday morning, there's a problem with your playlist. Do not forego music of enjoyment completely because you do not want to rob yourself of that aspect of God's gift. There's various types of music that you can listen to. I'm not going to tell you that you shouldn't listen to this artist, you should listen to that artist. I'm not going to tell you you should listen to this style, but not that style. I'm not going to tell you that you shouldn't listen to this instrument or that instrument. You should be paying attention to what's out there. You should be listening to what's out there. You should be educating yourself what's out there, just like everything else. Only by truly experiencing the wide variety of music that is produced by people. People created in the image of God. Utilizing a very, very powerful tool. Can you fully understand the aspect and the beauty of music? Can you fully bring glory to God through the music that you listen to? Be sober, be aware, pay attention, and evaluate your music. And if you're really going to just listen to some music to turn your brain on, First, listen to the music sober and aware and evaluative so that you know that it's leading you in the right aspects and the way that you should go. So I have some questions for you today, and we'll go into our suburbs and discuss them. And these are really just to get you thinking and to get you asking yourself those questions. So the first one is a long, drawn-out question, right? What songs... Have you happily sung along to until you understood what the words were saying? What songs have you happily sung along to until you understood what the words were saying? Remember, we're supposed to be evaluating what we take in and thinking about it. Second question. What secular songs do you recognize God in? One of the aspects we discussed, right? It is possible for a Christian worldview to come through from a non-Christian artist. So what secular songs do you recognize God in? And then 
probably, I feel the most important is how much of your listening time do you devote to worship songs? Are you looking only for entertainment in your music? Are you actually listening to worship songs as well? Do not deny that aspect. So how much of your listening time do you devote to worship songs? I'm not going to get personal and ask to see playlists. But be thinking about these things. Don't cut yourself off from a style of music just because you think that it's not appropriate. Evaluate it. Discuss it. One of the beauties of, of music is that it can bring people from all over together. That's that aspect of communication that supersedes our different languages and our different backgrounds and our different outcomes. Let music bring you together. And through that music, bring glory to God. Let's go ahead and bring.